General Baptist Ministries has been called by God to exist for the church. We aren't here so General Baptist can help us do ministry. We are here to help the church do ministry and to fulfill its commission by God to make disciples of all nations and preach the good news to every man, woman, boy, and girl. We partner with churches because we believe that we can do more together than any one person or church can do alone. I'm Danny Donovan, President of General Baptist Ministries, and I want to welcome you to this episode of Doing Together. Doing Together is about sharing the ways that General Baptists partner together so that your church can fulfill its calling. As this episode drops, the weather is warming up, a little too much for some of us. Kids are getting out of school, and summer plans are being made. In today's podcast, we are visiting with three different ministry leaders about how they are working to maximize the opportunities of the summer for the church. And so first up, we have Kenny Burns, who is the pastor of the Open Door Church in Hawkeye, Missouri. The Open Door is a unique church with a kingdom-focused mission for evangelism. Well, Kenny, welcome to Doing Together. I'm excited to have you here on this uh, on this podcast today. Uh, could you just take a minute and kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and the ministry that you're doing today? Yes, Danny. Um, I'm Kenny Burns. I'm pastor of the Open Door Church in Hawkeye, Missouri. Uh, my wife, Jenny, and I have served at the Open Door Church for a little over 12 years. Uh, we've been serving with General Baptist for almost 22 years, and uh, God has just done some incredible things at the Open Door Church. Yeah, so you you guys have a, a unique ministry going on there. It's uh, um, you've got several things that have happened. You've you've uh, in the church in the congregation itself, uh, where you've seen growth over several years. You also have another ministry that's connected there with the church. Can you kind of just tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on there with the Open Door? Sure. Uh, let me just give you a quick overview. Uh, the Open Door Church was started June 17th of 2007 by a group of people who they say answered God's call. I love that term to start a contemporary church in Hawkeye. Uh, it was designed to reach a generation of youth and young adults who weren't being reached by the existing churches at that time back in 2007. So on September the 9th, then of 2007, um, the first public service of the Open Door Church was held, and they met in the Hawkeye High School Auditorium on April the 13th of 2008. Uh, the church relocated to the Hawkeye Community Center, and then on Easter Sunday, April 12th, 2009, the Open Door Church uh, had purchased and moved into a facility uh, on Highway 25 in Hawkeye, which is still the main campus of the church. Um, then on January 31st of 2010, uh, Jenny and I began our service as the pastoral couple at the Open Door Church, and like I said, God has done some incredible things. Uh, we spent the first year turning the focus of the church from an inward focus to an outward focus. Um, our first real breakthrough uh, came in mid-2011 when God used a highly dysfunctional family who had started attending uh, the Open Door in mid-2009 or so before we got there, but he used that family to give us what uh, what we call our probation and parole ministry, and that ministry still goes on today. Um, the single mom with three sons was already attending our service, and when Jenny and I uh, you know, arrived at the church, we got acquainted with them. She had been in prison on drug-related convictions and had recently been released. She had uh, regained custody of her boys, 
but had a, a problem with rotating men in and out of her life. And it was just a very uh, dysfunctional situation. The oldest boy's name was Blake, and he was arrested on drug, drug charges and court ordered to the Dunklin County Probation and Parole Center. Um, so his mom got permission to pick him up on Sunday mornings and bring him to church. And then after a few months, she was arrested on drug charges again and sentenced to 120 days in prison. Uh, so I went to the PMP center and asked if I could pick Blake up on Sundays for church and his probation officer agreed. And so our PNP ministry was just unexpectedly launched from that. Um, several weeks later, Blake was released from PNP, but he was under house arrest complete with an electronic ankle bracelet and, so I baptized him on a Sunday morning uh, while one of our elders held his foot up out of the water to keep the ankle bracelet dry. Uh, and as soon as wow. he came up out of the water uh, and walked down the aisle to the men's room to change into dry clothes, the spirit of God just moved and completely changed the heart of our church. Uh, <laughs> the place just burst into applause. Uh, there were cat calls and tears and laughter and God used Blake uh, to break the hearts of the open doors people for broken people and then since then we you know that just caused the church to say we got to reach out to these people they are salvageable so since then we've launched a food distribution ministry we have Freedom House which is a um Residential treatment center for addicts and alcoholics. There's usually around 40 people resident in that house. We have a Hispanic congregation that uh, averages about 40 people in attendance. Um, we have Matthew 25 House, uh, which is a drug-free transitional housing unit for men in crisis. We have Proverb 31 House, which is a drug-free transitional housing unit for women in crisis, and they can bring their dependent children there. And then we've started evangelism in the park. Uh, we did that last year. We'll talk about that later. And then uh, we have the Open Door Bible Institute offering university-level Bible classes to ministry-minded people. Last Tuesday, we finished the second semester. Um, anyway, as a result of spending almost 12 years developing a ministry at the Open Door Church that's intentionally outward in its focus, the average attendance on Sundays um, in the two worship services has increased from about 57 uh, 12 years ago to about 127 now in a town of 635 people. So the Sunday attendance on the average runs about 20% of the population of the town. Um, and the church's yeah. total conversions from 2010 till present is 2,063. And that's an average of about 15 conversions per month. Over those uh, over those twelve years, so God has just done some incredible things. Yeah, you guys have seen that even recently. So that so far this year, you've you've how many people have you seen? Except Jesus? Uh, so so far this year, we're up to a hundred and two conversions from January first until present. Amazing what uh, God can do with people who are willing to to listen to His call on on their lives and respond. Uh, to the hurting community that's that's right there around your church. It's a, it's a, it's amazing to hear. Right. And Danny, the amazing, yeah, the amazing thing is that in our, in our, in our English portion of our church, not counting the Hispanic portion, but in the English portion of our church, um, 
we run right around 100, maybe just a little over. And those of those people, uh, about 60 to 65 of them are what I call transitional people. They're there because of the ministries that we offer in uh, addiction treatment and in recovery. They're in the houses and they're going to just flow through. And in, you know, eight to 10 months, maybe a year to a year and a half, they're going to be gone. And so the real permanent resident people that are members of our church are only about 40 of us or so. So those 40 people are able to pull off all this stuff that goes on at the Open Door Church. And it just amazes me how God works all that out. So uh, as part of your, you know, your your mission and your your passion there in the church um, to reach the community close by, you guys, you started this evangelism in the park. And uh, I know that that's something that has been, it was, it's something that's arisen just in the last couple of years. So can you, you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, well, let me preface that by saying that the vision of the Open Door Church is to get as many people to heaven as possible. And we do that by yeah. concentrating on evangelism, discipleship, and worship. So our motto is, if it doesn't accomplish either evangelism, discipleship, or worship, or some combination of those three, then we don't do it. So it's easy to decide what we do and what we don't do. Um, but last year, uh, we we were kind of rocking along doing all these other ministries. And uh, the man, his name is Gary Smith, who is the director at Freedom House. He and his wife are co-directors there. Um, he came to me and said that the Lord had given him this this vision to take the Freedom House praise band to different parks in the communities that around Hawkeham and just provide music to draw a crowd. And then he wanted me to come and tell what we call the Jesus story, the gospel. Um, mm-hmm. And so I said, sure, we'll do that. Well, in the, in the several weeks leading up to that, we were just inundated with food at our, at our food pantry, more food than we could give away. And so I told Gary, I said, you know, we can draw even more people if we take a box, a box truck load of food and have a food distribution with your music. Oh, he was excited about that. And then I partnered with some, uh, other partners, uh, other pastors of churches in the area. And uh, one of those uh, churches had access to a, uh, a block party trailer. And so we were able to use that. And so anyway, uh, long story short, we last year, because of all that, we were, we were able to conduct evangelism events in, in city parks. Uh, in June, we went to Malden, Missouri. In July, we went to Zenith. Missouri. And in August, we went to Kenneth, Missouri, and the Freedom House band uh, provided music. We took the box truck load of food from the food pantry for a food distribution. Um, We had a bouncy house and a barbecue grill, and we gave away free hot dogs and uh, popcorn popper and snow snow cone machine. We just gave away all that stuff free. We had a Bible distribution. We just gave away free Bibles. Another church partnered with us to provide the Bibles. but as people drove through to pick up their food, we told them the Jesus story. And we urged those who were not yet believers to believe it and pray to receive eternal life. Um, prior to those events, we met with the pastors and members of churches in those towns to plan uh, like event promotion. So they got the word out that we were going to have this event on a particular Saturday. We conducted evangelism training for the people in those churches Um and then we devised a method to collect follow-up information so the churches could attempt to get those who receive Christ connected to their church because we really believe 
that it's not enough just to win people to Jesus. We need to get them connected to a local church so they can be discipled and become fully devoted followers of the Lord Jesus. So that's kind of the way that has played out. Now, this year, um, we're planning to do the same thing because of the results of last year. Last year, we had 12 conversions at Malden, 13 conversions at Zenith, 12 conversions at, at, at Kennett for a grand total of 37 people that uh, received Christ during those three events. So this year we plan to go, and it's already in the formative stages. I'm already networking with some pastors at uh, Steele and Portageville and Carothersville, Missouri. Um, and those guys in those churches are excited, you know, about this opportunity. And this, this is what's funny, Danny. I talked to, I talked to, uh, well, our elders, one of our elders works at a steel mill with a man who's a member of a Southern Baptist church um, in steel. And so this guy gave him the pastor's uh, name and number, and he passed it on to me so I could contact the pastor. But anyway, this guy met with like the deacons and the pastor and told them what, what we wanted to do. And we wanted to partner with them and, you know, make this a reality and win people to Jesus. And, and they were all excited about it. But their question was, uh, what's in it for them? And so this mm -hmm. guy came back and asked one of our elders, they want to know what's in it for you guys. And um, our elder told him, there's nothing in it for us other than the joy of building up God's kingdom. And yeah. he went back and told them that. And he said they were just astounded. And that one of the guys on their deacon board asked, who does that? And hmm. so uh, this guy came back and told our elder that. And Jason told him, we do that. So. I thought that was a great testimony to be able to give to people that it's not about us. It's about God's kingdom. Absolutely. So um, in doing this, is there, is there something that uh, general Baptist folks can pray for the open door church as you are doing ministry there in your community? Absolutely. Pray that we will always keep evangelism as a core value in our church and then discipleship and worship. Those are the three things that we concentrate on and pray that at these three events this year, as well as our monthly food distribution and all the other things that we do in the houses that we run, that God will send us people who need to hear the Jesus story and that he has already prepared their hearts to believe it and receive eternal life because it takes God working on them and us being prepared to tell the story for this to all work. Well, Kenny, thank you very much for joining us on Doing Together. All right, Danny, I appreciate the opportunity, and uh, you guys pray for us. And uh, um, our goal is to have 300 conversions this year, and we're on track to do that if everything continues as it is at this point. We'll appreciate you, my friend. All right, bless you, brother. Talk to you later. Jonathan and Angie Rice serve as the directors of Camp Allen in Greenville, Missouri. Camp Allen is one of several church camps that are operated by either individual associations or groups of associations across General Baptists. Jonathan also serves as the pastor of the St. Joe General Baptist Church in Idalia, Missouri. Well, Jonathan, welcome to Doing Together. Thank you. Good to have you here, and I, I've we've been uh, we've known each other for a long time since, uh, well, longer than I'd like to admit. And, uh, but I'd just like to let you introduce yourself to uh, the folks listening to the podcast. 
Well, my name is Jonathan Rice. Uh, I actually uh, went to school and started out to be a public school uh, band director and music teacher. And God had other plans. About five years in, I received a call to the ministry and uh, last month uh, celebrated 30 years as an ordained minister in General Baptist. And uh, the last seven years, we have been the director at Camp Allen. And uh, we've just enjoyed a very fruitful ministry there. And and uh, God's mercy has allowed me to continue in the pastorate as well. So for the last four years, uh, I've been pastoring a church uh, over in Idalia, uh, as well as directing Camp Allen. So it keeps yeah. me pretty busy. You guys have been the directors of camp for the last several years, but uh, you've been involved in Camp Allen and Christian camping for a lot longer than that, right? Uh, yes, <laughs> really since, uh, since high school, I actually attended, uh, church camps, uh, as a child, uh, in Colorado and, uh, gained an, an appreciation and a love for camping ministry, the outdoors and, uh, just carried on through and, um, uh, my girlfriend at the time and now wife, um, uh, she and I actually, uh, served, uh, in church camps even before we were married. And so it's continued right on till present day. So um, is it, with going to church camp in the summer, it's something that's a, a tried and true tradition for, for some folks. I know that I, I started going to camp as a kid, um, and it, it was extremely formative in my life. I accepted my call to ministry up, the, up at Camp Allen, actually, um, more than 30 years ago now. But uh, camp Christian camping is a really can have a profound impact on a student's life. So what do you think that the role of, of, of camp can be in the life of a, of a student? Oh, in the life of a student, uh, I think camp can be, uh, first of all, it can be uh, possibly their first introduction to, to Christ, um, but also to uh, Christian friendships, Christian uh, friendship building, uh, just relationships in general positive influences uh, with other Christian adults that maybe they don't have uh, at home or, or possibly even in their own local church. So there's a lot of, a lot of things there that happen that uh, may not happen in their life in the other uh, arena. Yeah. So um, getting kids in a specific place apart like that, they get an opportunity to, to maybe think about things in ways that they hadn't before and, connect with people they haven't gotten to connect with before. So it can have a big impact on their lives. I know that even for both of my daughters, both of my daughters accepted Christ at camp. It wasn't that they had never heard about the gospel before. Or they hadn't been connected to the church before. They have been since they were born, but uh, it was in the context of camp that they said uh, yes to Jesus. And I, I got to be there with both of them for that. It was, it's a pretty amazing thing to get to, see that happen in a student's life and especially whenever it's your own kid. And, and I think it's that prolonged, um, it's that prolonged um, connection uh, that, that makes the difference. Uh, you know, you go to church, it's one, one day a month or a one day a week. Some, sometimes it's one day a month, depending on the kid, but I think it's that prolonged, you know, two, three, four, five days in a row, 24 uh, seven that, that makes the difference. Yeah. Yeah. So in, Doing going sending kids to camp. Well, many of our churches uh, do that. They send kids to to a, to a camp somewhere. Some of them have an 
an association that has a camp or maybe they have uh, they're in another part of uh, the general Baptist world where they they send their kids to a camp that's close by. Uh, we have another uh, camp up, up in southern Indiana where several associations come together to help support it. It's Camp Brazend. And then several associations here in southeast Missouri uh, help support Camp Allen. Uh, so why is it, do you think, that the what do you think the role of, of the Christian camping can be for the life of the church? Well, I think, you know, back, of course, when we started, you and I started ministry, uh, one of the big things back then was the, this purpose-driven church that Rick Warren wrote. We outlined five different uh, ministries of the church or five different purposes of the church. And, and I think AMP has a huge role in partnership and, and uh, team working and, and resourcing uh, the local church and really in all five of those areas. We'll talk more about that uh, in the future here, but uh, I think Camp has a huge impact and can have uh, if the if the local churches would partner with their local camps. Yeah. So, um, as you as you think about that, one of the one of the things that I I think about is that church camps can be an opportunity for you to to help your students then your in your church to maybe if they're they've been considering uh, you know making a decision for Christ. Um, having them go to church camp might be an opportunity to help them through that process and give them a chance to a safe space for them to to say yes. It also can be an opportunity to do evangelism work like you're talking about, right? So kids that don't really go to your church very often, um, kids that uh, you know seriously need the gospel, and you can get them to go to camp. It might really make an impact in their life. So absolutely, yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. So what are what are some of the ways that you think the camps can specifically be as a, we could say as an extension like that of the local church? Yeah, I mean specifically in that in that area of evangelism, you know, the, the gospel is presented in a very uh, uh simplistic manner uh, on the on the particular uh age uh level of the camper and the worship music and everything is is conducive to that and and it just, uh, and I think also there's some camaraderie there that if one uh, one uh, student uh, is you know maybe particularly bold and they 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 make make their way forward, then it just kind of opens the floodgates. I think, and when the kids are are, are looking at that or uh, you know feeling that in their heart, it, it makes it a whole lot easier when there's other uh, peers that are doing the same thing. So you see. You know, we've seen, I think on average over the last seven years, somewhere between 10 and 12% of the campers make either a first time or, or, or a, you know, a rededication decision to follow Jesus um, at camp. And so those numbers mount up. Um, I did a little, um, you know, unscientific uh, study, even of our local association where I pastored over the last 10 years, uh, the evangelism rate uh, compared to the evangelism rate in the local church in that particular association was almost like 6,000% greater uh, than the local churches. And so uh, it's kind of a no-brainer in a way uh, that kids go to camp and there's a a likelihood if they're thinking at all about uh, following Christ that 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 would happen during during the course of that week. So, um, so, 
What are some of the specific things you that you guys have going on at Camp Allen this summer? Well, we have uh, changed a little bit. We've uh, named each of the three camps. Uh, we had four camps, and we've uh, consolidated to three. Uh, our senior high camp is going to start on uh, June the 5th, and that is for next school year's 9th through 12th graders. And we've named that camp Crossroads. And the reason why we name it Crossroads is uh, uh, one of my favorite passages in the Old Testament is uh, Jeremiah 6, uh, 16. And it talks about uh, standing at the crossroads and looking at life. And, uh, and I think that's where high school kids are right now. They're looking at their identity. They're looking at um, what they're going to do with their life, uh, the relationships they're going to have, all of that. So that's kind of why we named that. And then our, our next camp is going to be in July for fifth um, through eighth graders. And that's the camp that we've consolidated. We used to, used to have fifth and sixth grade camp and then seventh and eighth grade camp. And uh, uh, actually, Danny, your, your wife is one of the coordinators for that uh, week. and. Uh, we're we're anticipating a huge week that week. Um, we've consolidated that and called it Quest Week. And I just, you know, we're looking at that. Uh, I think it's July the 10th through the 15th, and it's an exciting week because I, I think those kids are on a quest. They're on a quest to um, to try to understand what they believe, who they are, uh, who God is. Is there is there a God? All those kinds of things, and and so they're in those formative years. And then our adventure camp is those little guys and that's the last week of uh, july the 24th through the 28th it's a shorter week uh four days only and uh that adventure uh, those kids some of them have never been away from home overnight and they've never been away from parents and and they, they've never heard about jesus in some cases and so uh we do we do some things very simply very basic still have exciting fun stuff for them to do and we have a water slide and a pool and gymnasium and lots of outside games inside games lots of fun and so these kids uh, really have a blast and it and it changes their life it really does it, it it gets in their blood and it kind of becomes a dna part of their dna about who they are and what they do for the rest of their life in a lot of cases probably i i think that that's and i don't know what my life would have looked like without uh time spent with Camp Allen and the people that poured into my life there. It's uh it's been it was transformational for me. So that's why we can partnership that we actually have. I mentioned uh earlier that Freedom House uh, comes and does some maintenance type things and mows our grass and all that. But another partnership is with uh prison fellowship ministry and the division that is Angel Tree. And most of us have only heard about Angel Tree because of shoot of the uh, Christmas gifts. But another part that Angel Tree does is they send campers to camp, to church camps for free in the summer. And so we're a partner with them. I think we had five students last summer and we're anticipating several more than that this summer. Um, and, and so we have direct contact with uh, kids in I think eight or nine counties in our area and uh, they get postcards from us and they get invitations to come to camp. And I know uh, my assistant Kendra has already been uh, contacted by and, con and contacting with several of those families, and they're excited to send those kids to camp. So uh, we're excited to do that. Yeah, that's exciting. Is there anything in particular that uh, General Baptist can pray for for Camp Allen and for Christian camps you think this summer? 
Yeah, I think uh, pray that um, that kids come to camp. Um, I was asked just a couple days ago, you know, how's camp look this summer? And I said, I, I really don't know. The economy, the way it is and everything, it just, it, it's, I don't know. And so, you know, my, my prayer is, is that kids just come to camp. Uh, that would be the, the best thing possible uh, for any, you know, if they, if they don't come through our doors, we don't have an opportunity to, uh, to affect their life, uh, you know, through camp. Uh, it's, it's one of those things that, that we got to get them on, on campus to, uh, to, to get some impact in their lives. And, 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 you know, in the meantime, if they can't come to camp, that, that God through the Holy spirit will, will have an impact in, in another way. Uh, but kids need Jesus probably more than they ever have, uh, in, in, in our world, at least in my lifetime. Well, Jonathan, thank you for uh, taking some time and uh, for joining us, joining us on Doing Together. Thank you. If you want more information about Camp Allen or to register for one of this summer's camps, you can go to campallen.com. Next up, Amanda Wolfram serves as the Children and Family Minister at Fellowship General Baptist Church in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. She joined me to talk about the importance of children's ministries and specifically how children's programming can be used to enhance ministry in the summer. Well, Amanda, welcome to Doing Together. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So can you just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what, you're, what you do uh, with Fellowship Church? Yeah. So my name's Amanda. Obviously, you said that already, but I am our children's ministry director at Fellowship Church here in town. I've been there for, this is going into my 10th year a fellowship. So that's exciting. Um, and I always say, people always ask, you know, what do you do? Do you work outside the home? And I say, I, I don't call it work, number one, because mm-hmm. I think it's as cliche as this is going to sound. It's the biggest blessing and it's not work. And so to get to just be with these kids and at least know that two times a week they're getting the love of Jesus is huge for me. And so um, that's what I've been doing for the past 10 years. And then I'm married to my just amazing husband, Chad, for the past 19 years, and we have three awesome kids. Very good. Yeah. So um, can you talk about, just to give us a little bit, you, you, you're you in children's ministry. Why do you, what do you think that the role of children's ministry is for a local church? Yeah, this question is huge. I think that in any church, um, I children's ministry is the heart of the church. And the reason why is that, you know, for us to have a successful children's ministry, parents have to buy into that. I don't, you know, I have to have the kid, the kids brought to me. And so parents have to buy into what we're doing as our, in our church as a whole. And I think it says a lot about a church when you have a successful children's ministry. We, in our wing and where our kids used to be, we were in a wing where there were other adult Sunday school classes. And I'll never forget when I first started, we would play at the beginning of everything. We play VBS songs. Kids sing and they dance. And it was kind of loud that night. It was Wednesday night. The kids were just out of school. They were kind of wild. And his parents were coming by. There was an older group of, of a class that let out. And he, a gentleman, just kind of looked at me. And I thought, oh, I, I probably made him mad because that music was so loud. I said, I'm so sorry that we, you know, we were kind of loud. And he said, don't ever apologize. These are the future deacons and leaders of this church. Be loud. Let them sing. Let them worship. And ever since then, I was like, let's be loud. <laughs> let's make this happen. So... So, um, as you in at Fellowship Church in particular, you guys uh, tell us a little bit about some of the things you do with kids during the year. Yeah, so we have several 
family events that we have. Um, we do a huge thing at Fellowship called 4PB. It's where we give back to the community. That's a mm-hmm. church as a whole. Yeah. We follow that up in the fall with a huge family carnival. It's like a celebration. We have bouncy houses and games and face painting and horse riding, and we serve a huge meal. And that's for the parents that have, you know, and the kids too that that do the 4PB, but it really is just to celebrate the families of our church. So that's one huge event that we do. We do trunk or treat. Wednesday nights, every single Wednesday night, all throughout the year, we do a mock VBS for the kids where they get that kind of experience. But coming up in about a couple weeks, it is our Super Bowl of Children's Ministry. It's our Vacation Bible School. So I am. this is the most exciting part of my year to get to do this. So. You, you get excited about VBS? I mean, we pull about 150 kids, mm-hmm. you know, varies through the days, but have about 60 volunteers that we have that that make this happen. And it's just to be able to have that successful of a VBS and to to pull kids from not only our church, I mean, other churches, mm-hmm. other, you know, pastor's kids that come to our church. It's just such a blessing to see them and get to pour into these kids. And when I'm asking for volunteers, I'm always like, this will be the best week of your summer. Some people look at me like I have bats flying out of my ears, yeah. but it really is. It turned, <laughs> I mean, the turnout we have, the amount of kids that we have, it's just so much fun. Yeah. So VBS is something that's been around a long time. I can remember as a kid, I did the circuit, you know, we go to VBS at my mm-hmm. grandparents' church mm-hmm. and go to the, the other church down the road, and then my church would do mm-hmm. it. And so uh, some folks think about VBS as like something from back in the day, but it still is a very viable, yeah. and it makes a big impact in kids' lives. It makes a huge impact, and people still do that. They want their kids to experience mm-hmm. all the different VBSs. And this year we're doing ours earlier in the summer, um, mainly so some of our kids can go to the other vacation Bible schools around, or, you know, if people have family that are away farther, they can go to those too, so. And make all those crafts and things. All the crafts and all the things. (laughs) People don't realize the amount of, you know, just work that goes in to make sure all those things, you know, the thought that goes in. I have specific crew leaders for each group, and they really put their heart into what they're going to present to these kids each day, even if it's just the popsicle sticks with whatever written on it. It's mm-hmm. they they want to make it a big deal for these kids. It makes a big difference. Yeah. So uh, this is one way you get you you guys are doing work with kids in the summer. How do you how do you keep kids and families engaged in the summer? You know, a lot of folks, a lot of churches sometimes want to say, "Well, we're just going to kind of pause and not do yeah. stuff in the summer. It's it's hard. People are traveling. So how do you how do you do that? How do you keep kids and families engaged?" I think it's yeah. I think it's hard in the society that we live in because, I mean, sometimes, and we're a sports family, but sometimes sports trump church sometimes, or sometimes other activities, you know, camping or going to the river or things like that. Sometimes those things do um, interfere with Wednesday nights or Sunday, and it's hard. Um, So I don't know that. But what's crazy is it's like that. It seems to me now all year round. It's not just Mm -hmm. summertime. You have to keep people engaged. It's you know, I hear a lot we'll be in meetings and I'll hear, um, well, you know, everybody's going to come back for Easter. You know, we just, right. and I don't know what the answer is to keep everybody engaged all the time. I know that from my personal experience, I mean, we don't really fall off in the summer, you know, but there, I know there are several other churches that do choose to kind of shut down because of fear of that attendance, you know, on a Wednesday. Um, I don't know. I do the VBS, like I said, mock style on Wednesday night to try to keep our kids engaged. But I think it's important, you know, our youth building, we sit right directly behind the high school. So with youth, they can either walk up or they can drive. I have to have parents that 
that want to stay engaged. So it right. is a little bit more of a challenge. And I don't know that there's a magic answer. I, I thought about this and I thought, what could, what could we do to keep them engaged? But you just kind of have to keep pushing and keep encouraging. And honestly, it's the kids that, that want to come. It's the kids that throw a fat. I had a kid on Wednesday night. His, they went to some ninja class, and the mom was like, we're not going to go. And he's like, oh, I'm going to Miss Amanda's class. I'm not not going to go. And then here they all came, their whole family. So yeah. that makes it that makes it sweet, too. Very good. Yeah. So can you tell us, is there anything that uh, you guys have going on that we can pray for you about? Yeah, so Vacation Bible School is huge right now. It's huge. and And the main prayer is that volunteers, I mean, it takes a village to run a VBS. And it people don't really maybe realize, like I talked about the behind the scenes things. It's just when they come in, we want it to be spectacular, but it takes so many people. And so I'll have the kids. I don't have to worry about that. I know that the kids will come, but it's the volunteers. I need their hearts to be, this is what I want to do. You know, And it's just a week. It's nine to noon, just a right. week, right? You do it in the morning. We do it in the morning. Yeah. Exactly. I did it in the evening one time and my, my guys that I work with said, let's just not do that again. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lot. It's a lot. But we have a great turnout in the morning, so it seems to work for our church. Very good. Yeah. Well, Amanda, thank you for joining thank us you. on Doing Together. Thank you. Thank you so much. I want to thank Kenny, Jonathan, and Amanda for sharing with us on this episode of the podcast. I hope you and your church will leverage all of the time that is given to you this summer to make an impact in your community. If you haven't already done so, I want to invite you to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're using to access our content, and please leave us a review. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you on the next episode of Doing Together.